0: Another episode of the Wrigley Wingman is underway. Welcome, everybody. Trent Johnson is always joined along halfway across the country by Jacob Wielander. Well, Jacob, the Cubs are still cruising along, and we're kind of running out of things to talk about every week, it seems like now, you know?
1: And I think that's a good thing, I think, because if things were going bad, I feel like we'd have plenty to talk about. We'd probably need an hour and a half for a podcast if... Uh, if things were going horribly wrong. But, yeah, it's kind of the same old, same old for the 2016 Cubs, and more often than not, that is is—that's um, a good thing. That's them yeah, playing it, is,
0: well. it is good news. There is, not to say there's no flaws or anything like that, there is things, but most of them are minor in the big picture in the grand scheme of things, and one of them is just beating a dead horse as well if we just keep on talking about the runners in scoring position debate that we always do. Yeah, That's I saw just, I I feel like we just need to be done talking about it and just accept it for what it is.
1: And Here's one of those things that uh, uh, perspective is reality or perception is reality. Um, I saw a tweet uh, brought to you by, let's see, what uh, Caitlin Swayka. I think she has credit. She's the one that dug all this up. Uh, this is a few days old, so the numbers might be slightly off. Are you ready for this? Shoot them. This, this is crazy to me. The Cubs... 2016, uh, with runners in scoring position, uh, 776 OPS, that ranks 10th, so like middle of the pack, and 355 on base percentage. That's uh, uh, 5th. Now, in 2015, last year, we had a 714 OPS, that was 24th, and a 338 on base percentage. That's 17th. So that means that this year, and it does not seem like this, this year the Cubs, at least up to this point, have been remarkably better with
0: runners in scoring position than they were last year. But that's not necessarily hitting better. That's just getting on base better. Well, OPS too. is hitting for more power and getting on base more. But But the batting average is near the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. If you get hits, you score more runs. If you're walking with a guy on first and second, or walking with just a guy on second when first base is open.
1: Right. But if you're just walking, your OPS isn't very high.
0: And again, one for nine today in the first part of the doubleheader
1: against the Brewers. (laughs) But Here's the thing, though. We only talk about it when it's bad. Like We haven't noticed the last two weeks when it hasn't been horribly bad. But as soon as it is bad, and I was thinking the same thing today, as soon as it does go bad, we start thinking about it. We start going, oh, yeah, that's right. The Cubs are bad for the scoring position. But in reality. On
0: Sunday, they were three for seven against the Cardinals. And on Saturday, Saturday they were 2 for 7 so those are those are pretty respectable numbers right just it's just in the last
1: week or so when we notice it uh or when we when it happens we notice it we don't notice it when it's not happening
0: yeah how about that the that four gamer with the cardinals last week jacob they ended the streak
1: yeah they did the 8th
0: um, inning uh it was a killer 11 8th inning runs for the cardinals in two <laughs> games that's pretty yeah, that's pretty crazy that's not good. Those are unprecedented uh, numbers. If you're playing a three-game series in a total and, say, you're going up against Arietta, Lester, and Hamill or Hendricks, any combination, and you say, in these three games against the Cubs, you're going to score 11 runs, I think most teams would be like, okay, that's that's not great, but we can work with that and we'll take it and we can maybe win a game or steal two games of the three. But yeah. the Cardinals did it in the eighth inning of
1: those final two games, 11 runs. 11. It's just so hard to corral a good bullpen to just to just stick the right guys in there and say, be good for more than one month. It's just impossible. I don't, I don't think it happens anywhere, and I don't know why. We talk about this, it seems like, every third episode because I'm always mystified by how a bullpen can be so fluid in terms of are they good this week, are they bad this week, um, for the Cubs, you can kind of see why. Between the injuries, there's been a lot of injuries. Just the actual who's in the bullpen has changed quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. But it's just insane to me that the back and forth of do we have a good bullpen or do we not have a good bullpen. I can't decide. It's I've been back and forth the last three weeks, I and I want to root for like Joe it. Smith.
0: Mm, he's been he's been brutal so far. He's been bad. Bluntly,
1: yeah, I want to root for him. I like came him. I in in like
0: that in the first part of. The, I don't know if you watched the You were you ghosted me today during that first part of the doubleheader. I didn't hear I, from you, but yeah, uh, he he was, pitched today in the first the first game and it wasn't pretty.
1: Was it three walks, two or three walks?
0: Yeah, and and the one out he got took a top five web gem play from Brian at third.
1: Yeah, I don't. It's it's just weird. But you, you can see what the Cubs are doing right now. Um, they're just building up depth. They're signing guys to minor league like deals. Like Joe Thatcher. Like Joe Thatcher. They're just doing everything they can. to, Not that they're just warm bodies. I'm sure they're actually like putting some thought into who to get. But you can tell right now they're just kind of assembling uh, something so that in the September call-ups when they bring everyone up, they can have at least... Some warm-blooded guy out there throwing and taking uh, taking innings away from uh, some of the more established relievers.
0: All right, we're going to keep this quick because the word on the street is that he's going to be picking a team here within the next sixteen to eighteen hours, is what reports are saying. But Jonathan Papelbon, see oh, yeah.
1: or no? Uh, you know what? I I'm going to say see. Go for it there's for the i'll let you say i'm I'm, a, I'm guessing you're gonna say no so i'll let you start and see if i have any kind of argument to what you say
0: okay um just for arguments purposes i will say no i just think he's kind of john lester even said it he said he was crazy but he was saying it in a joking way i'm gonna say it in a serious way the dude's crazy there's he something tried wrong joke, with him try to choke out bryce harper last year and i texted you earlier could you imagine if he tried to choke out Rizzo or Bryant?
1: It wouldn't work. It, it wouldn't fly. and I don't know why it wouldn't fly, but it flew in Washington. But something would have to give. Just imagine a team. Okay, first off, put yourself in the mind of a 2015 Cubs fan and what you think about like the players you don't like in baseball. Now I'm going to come from the future and tell you, hey, in one year, the Chicago Cubs are going to have John Lackey, Chapman, and Papelbon. Three of like, three of probably the top ten most hated players uh, in the league by the by the average baseball fan. Um, you know, it's just I don't know. I don't know uh, what to think about it. I, it'd be uh, I don't know. I have nothing to say. That's how we'll keep this quick. I'm just not gonna say anything.
0: Okay, so you're gonna plead the fifth, and I'll yeah. move on to honoring Twitter. Our favorite form of social media under the sun, Jacob. This it's week it's been big with a hashtag that is Fave 7. So it's like your favorite 7 TV series or your favorite mm-hmm. 7 movies and things like that. And I don't know how it originally started, but we're going to keep it going here. And we're going to okay. keep it Cubs related. I'm going to ask you to hashtag your Fave 7 Cubs on this, on this team. And just why, Jacob? Just why?
1: Like the current Cubs?
0: The current Cubs. Joel Peralta, you cannot pick. He oh, is gone. Gosh. So I'm sorry to ruin you there. And I, I'd like, I mean, I know Henry Blanco would be number one since he's on the coaching staff. Right. Not necessarily for his translating abilities, but just the uh, the 25-man roster. And I
1: can't believe you're going to not let me allow to pick the only player that i've ever seen make his cubs debut i am terribly terribly <laughs> sorry okay um this is in no particular order i'm going to have to pull up a 25 man roster cuz i know i'm going to forget someone that i absolutely adore all right um,
0: that's fine i uh i forgive you there so and travis wood is also eligible as a left fielder if you like him more <laughs> as a left fielder than a pitcher is it a I'm... starting nine or is it just no, seven it's, players. it's just your fave seven. So, like, if you just are in love with bullpen pitchers, you can be like, my fave seven in no particular order. Yep, is Joe Smith, Pedro Strow Hector Rondon, Geraldus Chapman. It.
1: Okay, this is uh, this is it. Uh, in no particular order, I'm gonna start with Matt Caesar, um, because, uh, I like his ability to come off the bench or be a fourth outfielder kind of guy. But more importantly, I love the story of how he gave bone marrow to save a tiny little Ukrainian Russian girl. I forget where she was from. Uh, If you haven't heard that story, look it up immediately. It's the craziest story you'll ever see. The guy was a a couple months away from getting drafted, very high overall. He gets a call saying, go give your uh, bone marrow. you got to save this girl's life. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. That's a great story. Um, Dexter Fowler, I bought the man's pants. I don't know how I could leave him off of my top seven when I have his pants hanging in my closet. Uh, Again, I want to reiterate, I understand that's very weird. Uh, Let's see. So I got Caesar, uh, Fowler. Next up, uh, I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo. You know why I'm going to go with Anthony Rizzo? Because I think, and I might be mistaken, is he the longest tenured Cub? It's either him or Wood, Travis Wood.
0: I think it's Travis Wood, but I'm not positive.
1: I don't know either, but I mean, you have to pick Rizzo anyway, but I mean, I just, right now he is like the guy, he's been there for different eras of Cubs baseball, where, you know, a guy like Bryant, he showed up and the Cubs were good from day one, but Rizzo you have a special connection with, because you watched him. Back when he had
0: that curly headed afro. Yeah. So yeah, definitely understand that he's been there for a good while, but I'll let you carry on waywardly.
1: Um, I, you can't, I can't not say Chris Bryant. Um, if I had to give some kind of reason, I'd say, uh, I like it when he hits 500 foot home runs off the video board. Again, I'm going to plead somebody out there. I hope somebody is keeping track of what Cubs have hit home runs off the video board. I want that to be a statistic much in the same way that the, uh, no hit streak or hit streak extenders, uh, is a, statistic. I want I want to know that. I want to know who's the all-time leader in scoreboard home runs. Um now it gets now it gets a little hard because there's a lot of guys. I believe that's what four, I think I've said four so far. Um I'm going to now go with uh Arietta because uh, his real name is Jacob and that is my uh real name. Great reasoning. Um, and there's not a lot of Jacobs in professional sports and there's definitely not a lot of Jacobs that are also Uh, cubs legends so that is the only reason i like arietta um nothing to do with his pitching yeah it's it's okay but the name trumps out everything uh let's see now i'm gonna go with hendrix i uh i like hendrix because he reminds me of myself and by that i mean someone that when you look at him you'd think that person's not good at sports let alone uh starting pitching but uh, he gives people like me hope that uh, one day I'll be able to uh, throw complete game shutouts. I don't know what I'm at. What am I at six?
0: Yeah. I mean, I've seen you play basketball at the Pittsburgh State University Rec Center. And, I mean, it's not too I'm far sorry. off that you could maybe
1: make a run at like a French league. Uh, the only way I could possibly make a run at a French league is if I suddenly uh, could not stop making threes. Otherwise... There's no way I could run up and down the court more than uh, three times. Uh, if I had to pick
0: one more, man, this is hard because... There's so many left. I mean, you have
1: Baez, like,
0: you have Russell, you know. I wanna, Those are two I would, good ones.
1: Right. I would pick Travis Wood because of the same reason uh, I said with Rizzo about how he's been there and how I like him. Uh, I could pick Chapman, but I, I just like watching someone throw 103 miles per hour. That's so great. Uh, I could... Oh, I'm going to have to just throw a dart at the wall here. I'm going to say, uh, you know what I'm going to say? Are you ready for this, Cubs Nation? Jason Hayward. <laughs> this is why I like that dude. I Hot take. Hot take. I understand he's not hitting at all. I understand he's having one of the, uh, the poorer years that any Cub player has had. I saw a stat the other day. And it was lowest OP, no, lowest slugging percentage by players 6'4 and taller. And he's having one of the all time worst seasons. Uh, I thought that was kind of a funny stat. But the reason I like Jason Hayward is because he does everything else flawlessly. And people are going to be like, yeah, well, guess what? He's also making however much he is here. And I get it. But guess what? I needed a 7th person for this list and i needed it to have something that i could talk about and that's what i'm gonna do jason hayward if i could find his pants on ebay i'd buy them too
0: man you'd be have you'd have to wear those to your shoulders i feel like even though fowler's not even really any shorter than he is hayward just looks like a much bigger and taller guy for whatever reason
1: he does he his batting stance like i was thinking the other day my dad made the comment we were watching the game he goes when hayward walks up it looks like our screen is stretched like there's some like something wrong with the like the Aspect ratio or something, but yeah, I like uh, I like Jason Hayward's stance. Yeah, you
0: know, I saw a funny comparison the other day. I was just thinking about it because I have dudes on my slow pitch team that can just crush the ball, and yeah. so I was just thinking about slow pitch just a second ago. I saw this comparison the other day about how the Cardinals are just a slow pitch team in an MLB uniform, <laughs> and it's so true because it's so funny. Like all they do is just bomb homers with big burly guys. Yeah. It's just funny. There's like, a lot that of that is a guys. perfect comparison and I absolutely love it.
1: You know, let's take a look or let's, if you look at the Cardinals right now and a lot of like their young stars that they were saying, you know, that's the reason Hayward was stupid for joining Chicago's group of young stars cuz guess what, Jason, we have our own group of young stars. Piscotti's having a pretty good yeah, year. Yeah, Piscotti's
0: really the only guy that you can make an argument for that is good. Like Piscotti's a really good ball player, but like Colton Wong's been pretty bad. Richick Yeah, Gritchick's uh, been awful. Oledmus Diaz has been having a good year. Until Where's he to- got Tommy hurt. Pham? Yeah, Tommy Pham, Fam. I don't know where he went.
1: Meanwhile, we got, you know, Brian's having a stellar year. Rizzo's having the most Rizzo year he's probably had up to this point. Uh, Addison Russell's doing things that we didn't know he could do or that we didn't think he would do at this age. Um, Speaking of that, too, I was looking at this 25-man roster the other day there are like five players that are younger than me and I like that that's just insane to me. Addison Russell was born in the year 1994 <laughs> and he's already like think of the career he's had up to this point and like he's already at the level he's at now and he's, he's you know he's 22 years old or however old he is. Like there's so much room for improvement for these guys that are already all-stars.
0: Yeah, that's really um eye-opening for sure. Just how young they actually are.
1: Yeah. And I mean, how like, good they are for how young yeah, they the are. That's the thing. And a lot of them... I mean, Rizzo was born in 1989. What's that make him? He's probably... 26, he just turned, 27. Yeah. I think he just turned 27. He has already had three very, very good years. And he's 27. He's just entering the Theo range. The range that uh, Theo says is the uh, you know prime time for... Uh, for baseball production i believe it was like 27 to 32 or 33 or something like that and last time i looked and i assume it's the same or close like well over half the team is under that range of uh or under or in that range of what theo epstein has said is uh productive years for uh for uh baseball baseball playing
0: yeah well at this point I said it last week, and you never say things like this. You never. You always go, I don't know, I don't know. But for all intensive purposes, the division's over, barring a massive collapse. The Cubs' uh, magic number now is 33 with the game left to play tonight, and the Cardinals playing tonight. So the magic number is 33, and the Cubs could still – I don't think it will happen, but, I mean, they could win 33 games if they stay hot. They could do that.
1: Alone. I've gotten really good the last couple of years of shedding that attitude of, hey, the Cubs are really good. I wonder how it's all going to go to hell. <laughs> you know. And uh, I've gotten really good at that, but it's not all gone because I'm still finding things. There's like a little tiny part of me that's like, you should be worrying about something. And right now that's kind of the bullpen. But also, here's just a thought. And i it's probably a stupid thought, but it's something to think about. There's almost, if let's say the Cubs clinch the division on September 15th, let's say we're up by like 15 games, the the division's over, and we are just coasting for two weeks. Um, At that point, we're going to have a lot of September call-ups who are going to be you know, giving a lot of guys rest, that kind of thing. And rest is a good thing. But then you go up into the playoffs, into the NLDS, against a team that has been in... Well, presumably has been in fight mode for the last, uh, you know, leading uh, up until that point. And you almost are afraid that the Cubs, I don't want to use the word rusty, but we've seen it time and time again during the playoffs. A team, maybe they'll sweep, um, they'll sweep a team and maybe it's the NLCS and someone gets swept. But then, uh, you know, in the ALCS, it went seven games or whatever. So then when the World Series starts, uh, one team is fresh they're right that
0: happen to the rockies the year they made the world series
1: that's exactly who it happened to and that's exactly the example i'm thinking of and again that's a good problem to have because if you win the division then you know you don't have to play in the wild card game and the wild card team would have had to use their ace so it's everything is good about that but It's just something to worry about if you're into worrying about things. If you're, if you, like me, are oftentimes uncomfortable with watching a good Cubs team, then that might bring you, that might, might feel like home. Yeah, I I understand
0: your argument because you say that they haven't played in a meaningful game the last, say, 10 games of the season or whatever. Whereas, say, the wild card teams, Right now, the leaders in the wild card are the LA Dodgers, Miami, and St. Louis. So we'll say LA and Miami are playing in the wild card game. And Miami and St. Louis are tied. Pittsburgh's one back. New York's three back. So those five teams, if it stays this close, you're going to have five teams essentially playing playoff baseball for the last 15 games of the season.
1: Right. And so now,
0: they're already in do or die mode, where would- with teams that have clinched a week before how do you flip the switch and get back on to playing meaningful games?
1: And I'm sure that Madden and the rest of the coaching staff would do everything in their power to make sure that um, they're not just kind of, you know, the flips, that the switch stays on at least a little bit. And I do, I'd still rather the Cubs be in that position because I just really think that those wildcard teams having to throw their ace for the wildcard game, I think that, is a big advantage for uh, uh yeah the one you facing. really look
0: at there say that miami is the wild card exactly. team and they have to throw fernandez i don't think it matters as much with a team like the cardinals because their pitching staff has struggled all year and they're right. just really out slugging teams up to this point or a team like pittsburgh it would matter more if they had to waste garrett cole in that first game so a team like miami or pittsburgh or even you look at the Mets, and if they have to throw Cindergard in that wild card game, those ace pitchers might not even get a chance to throw in the division series.
1: Right, and I do think that uh, the Cubs have, have, are valuing rest. Like, look, Cahill started today. I think they're trying to give these guys, at least the starters, um, they're kind of trying to spread them out a little bit and rest that arm. Uh, and I think that's just another way that it helps in the playoffs if you didn't have to uh, – you know, pitch pitch your arm off. Yeah, I texted weeks, you, you know. the
0: other day. I think that down the stretch, say the last four weeks of September, three weeks of the season, maybe the last 21 days, I'd like to see him just go to a seven-man rotation just to give him an extra two days rest in between throw Cahill on day six and find someone else for day seven.
1: Well, why, why, start, why not start now? Then you can kill two birds with one stone, and maybe we'll be so bad that we'll be in fight mode and then – we're we're good now.
0: Now, Devil's Advocate is really coming out in you, Jacob. I like it. I'm turning you into an arguer, and I like it. We need to
1: start, Joe Smith. Uh, you do too on... much,
0: Ron Coomering. You do. I agree, Trent. You know, I agree. doesn't I mean, turn you wrong. into a
1: fighter. Well, if I was sitting next to Pat Hughes too, I'd probably agree with most of the stuff he says. You when know does what, Pat? Pat? A... I agree. When does he say stuff that's wrong? That's true. Well, it... And if it's your first year on job, are you going to be like? You know what, Pat, I think you're dead wrong. <laughs> I like all of them. I need to say this before. I think that the announcers the Cubs have the, between Lynn Casper, J.D., Pat, and uh, Ron, they might be my favorite four that we've ever had Like at one given time. I could assemble an all-star team, but right now, this is my favorite group of the of four. The, and J.D. is my favorite baseball color guy of all time.
0: Yeah, the sum of the parts is, or whatever that phrase is, the sum of the parts greater than the whole. Yes, is that it?
1: I think so. That's what you're that's what you're feeling then. Yeah, I just like listening to them. They make me laugh. I don't know why.
0: What else do we have on tap? You got anything on tap over there? Are we gonna well, tap normally, out and go watch
1: game two now? Normally I just start talking about non Cubs things. I'm like, so what do you think about uh Michael Phelps? He had uh, a lot of medals this week, I think. Yeah. And he Ryan
0: Lochte got robbed at gunpoint.
1: Yeah, he Phelps broke a record. This is this is this is just incredible. He broke a record That was like 2,300 years old, something like that. Uh, As far as I believe it's most career gold medals. I don't think it's just medals. I think it's gold medals. Uh, For perspective, that is hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Uh, The name of the guy whose record he broke was Leonidas. And his full name, I believe, was Leonidas of Rhodes. Like His last name was just where he was from. That's how long ago this was. Uh, he now has or Phelps now has the record. Uh, that's that's inc- we're never going to see anything like that as far as records go. Like, it's a big deal when Barry Bonds breaks a record that was you know since the 70s or a, a hit streak record. But this record literally went back to when they were carving the results of these Olympic games on like stone or like papyrus. I don't even know what they wrote on in Greek.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. If I have one Olympic hot take, I'm going to say it right here. Do it. The USA men's basketball
1: team is not going to win gold. I I told uh, somebody, I said, mark my words, France will beat the United States. Someone's going to beat them. Well, and then
0: the other day... It's like they get up 20 points and they're like, they just stop playing. Like someone's going to make them pay for that at some point, I think.
1: What do you think those locker rooms are like with Coach K? Do you think he's walking around yelling or do you think he's just staring at them? Or do you think he just holds up his gold medals and say, this... You guys are about to lose this. I heard a, a someone, some sports reporter, say that Coach K gets more nervous for these Olympic games than he does for like college basketball finals. They say like college basketball finals, he's just showing up and coach the team, but for this, he's like freaking out. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. I've been trying. I've been toying with the thought of you know for years. I used to think. Because uh, you hear NBA players, they'll say it all the time. Someone like Carmelo Anthony, they'll be like, uh, well, he's a bad example because he pretty much hasn't won anything in the NBA. But someone like, uh, I don't know, like Kobe, and he'll be like, man, representing my country, that's that's more that's more of an honor or a better feeling than anything I've ever done. And I always thought, come on, dude. That, you, going to the Olympics is just like, you just whoop everyone. Like, surely you're telling me you'd trade your one or two gold medals for your five championships. But now it's starting to I think it's starting to hit me. Because I'm starting to imagine I'm like, man, if I was out there, like if I was Kevin Durant, like playing basketball. But here's the thing with the United States, it's dumb with the Olympics. We're so good at almost everything that there's only room for disappointment. I was saying the other day, I'd rather I think be a Puerto Rican and live my whole life and and never see a Puerto Rican win a gold medal, just to see the, the one time where A Puerto Puerto Rican wins a gold medal and have that celebration than spend my whole life watching track and field and swimming and going, oh, we won another one. Because we're supposed to win them. There's only room for disappointment.
0: Yeah, I see what you're saying there, but we'll see how the USA men's basketball team does. We're running out of time. We'll see if the Cubs can keep winning. Let's do it. All right, so until next time, everybody, sit in front of your TVs, radios, Twitter. Whatever you do to keep track of the Cubs, root them on to victory, and let's keep the season rolling. So there's my advice.
1: Don't get rusty. Yeah, don't don't be a rusty fan.
0: Keep the switch on, everybody. But, again, until next week, Trent Johnson and Jacob Wielander for the Wrigley Wingmen. Tweet us at Wrigley Wingmen. Email WrigleyWingmen at gmail.com. Have a great week, and as always, go Cubbies.